You got to have the water, right, Jerry? <laughs> this book uh, is wonderful. I've read halfway through it, and if you haven't picked it up, they're for sale today again uh, out in the foyer. I think they're for $10 each. So, um, Jerry, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll yeah. pray for you really quick. Father, thank you for this wonderful man that's here. Lord, I pray that he'd be able to impart, just like he says, that we hear from the Lord and then we, we say what we hear. So, Father, thank you for what he's heard from you already and what you'll speak to him as he speaks to us this morning. I pray that you'd help him communicate that and for us to listen and be open to what you would bring. We pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jess. Good morning. How are you? How was your 4th of July? Loud? No. My wife and I. By the way, have you met my wife? You haven't? Honey, stand up and meet all these people. She's the best. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Best decision I ever made, I'll tell you for sure. Wonderful. 52 years. The 1st of July. Yeah, go ahead. That's worth clapping for, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> we spent the 4th with my son and his wife. My son's name is Jamie, and he married a young lady named Jamie. And so we call them the Jamies. And uh, we were at the Jamies, and they live on a little lake, surrounded, of course, houses. And the 4th of July never ends on that lake. It, it begins midday, and there's fireworks all afternoon, all evening, all night. I mean, and, and major stuff, not just a little sparkler once in a while, but these people spend bucks. And it, it, we, we were under attack for a good four and a half hours. Yeah, it, it was amazing, and I uh, loved being with them. So it's over now. We can sleep without something blowing us out of bed. And uh, what a great day. Aside from the blowout 4th of July, was your, was your week good? Good. If you're, if you're with Jesus, you can't have a bad day. You can have a day that feels bad. But he works everything together for your good. In fact, the, the more accurate translation of that scripture is, in everything, he works for your good. Wow, what if that's true? What are the implications of that? That in everything, and sometimes the everything doesn't look so good, doesn't feel so good, but in everything. Now, you're going to have to pardon me because my generation does not drink in a dignified way out of a bottle. We dribble. And, and I just, just pray that I don't ruin my... Do you have a glass? Yeah, well, that'd be safer for all of us, man, really. Mm. No. No, there's something wrong with that. You don't drink from a bottle in public. <laughs> oh, thank you, dear. Now, aren't you glad you came so you could watch me drink and pour water? And if I make you thirsty, raise your hand. The ushers will bring you some. Last week, we talked about the centrality of, of the Pentecost event. It wasn't just a day. 
It was an entire event that, that captivated and changed our planet uh, forever. And, and uh, we noted how everything previous to that event was moving towards that event. The action of God was a redemptive plan moving towards the time when sins could be forgiven as a result of the cross, where, where we could be raised to newness of life as a result of, of the resurrection, where, where, where the sacrifice for our sins, where the evidence that death had taken place as a result of sin, that, that's, that's, that's what this, the, the, the blood thing is all about. In the, in the Old Testament, the way a death was certified was by taking some of the blood of the dead person and bringing it to an official court. And when that court certified this as that person's blood, that was the proof that they had died. That, that was the death certificate. We do it differently now, but that's the way they did it then. And that's the imagery. It's well spelled out in the book of Hebrews. That's the imagery of Christ ascending coming into the very presence of God and presenting the blood of the sacrifice. This is the proof that death has taken place, that sin has in fact been finished. The curse of sin is death, and here's the proof that death, but not your death, death for you. In Jesus Christ, Paul says, all have died. And in Christ, all have been made alive. It's, it's, it's an incredible thing. And when that blood was certified, then that court would release the inheritance to the children. And that's precisely what the ascension is all about. It's the presentation of the blood. It's the proof that Satan's curse is done. It's over. It's finished. Death has been served. Now the children can receive the inheritance. And, and that reception of inheritance, that, 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 that cleansed person now, that's the person that now comes to the Pentecost event Finally, sins are forgiven. Ugliness is transformed. Filthiness is cleansed. Brokenness is healed. Now, all of a sudden, through the work of the cross and through the joining of Jesus Christ in the newness of his life, we become a new creation. And this new creation can now be filled with the very presence of God, the very Spirit of God, the joining again of this fellowship, of this relationship that was broken when we, through Adam, chose against the intentions of God and chose into running our own life. We basically said to God, no, thank you. We know you have a plan. We don't care for your plan. Uh, the, the serpent here has given us a, an alternate plan, and we've decided to throw in with him. And we will create our own reality. 
We don't need you or your tree to any longer tell us what's right and what's wrong. We will determine for ourselves what's right and what's wrong. That's the implications of the fall. And we, in our fallenness now, create a warped, disconnected idea of what's right and what's wrong. We create our own ethic. But that all changed when Jesus came. And once again, we are connected with God. Now, the reality of good, the reality of evil, the reality of redemption, all of those things now can be shown. We understand that. We're released from this, this, this fallen ethic. And we can be filled because we've been cleansed. We can be filled with the very presence of God. Wow. I don't know how that strikes you, but that's almost sci-fi. That's incredible. And that's the Pentecost event. And now, this forgiven, redeemed, infilled, new creation is able to move from that event because this event didn't happen just so they could feel good, dance around and have an emotional kick. The event happened so that the presence of Jesus Christ through his spirit, that his, his presence now would not be just one person located in one little country. Now, his spirit indwells all believers. <laughs> Those who have been redeemed now can receive his spirit. Old, young, men, women, kids. I mean, the whole ball of wax. Everybody can receive. And that means that everybody who is filled with his spirit becomes the presence of Jesus wherever they go. You with me? Okay. Now, now that's not simile. That's not just religious idea. That's the reality of the presence of the church of Jesus Christ on our planet. We, we have been so trained by our past, by our traditions, by the religious history and and we, we've been so conditioned and trained that, that we, we tend to have, no matter how we fight against it, we tend to have the idea that when we gather like this, that this is somehow what the church is about. The church is about gathering and singing and hugging and clapping and taking communion and enjoying, and then hitting that big bad world again, trying not to get messed up, and somehow make it back next week so that we can hug and sing and clap again. And we, we just kind of hiccup through our Christian experience. Now, I know you don't believe that, but very often we live like that. We go into our world, and essentially, we just go on with our life as it comes to us, subscribing to the ethic of the world around us, subscribing 
to the to the values of the world because that's what we've been born in. I'm not I'm not berating you. I'm saying that's that's our our puddle. That's our pool. That's where we were raised. And so when we get into that, we we just can fall into that unless we can keep an understanding that it isn't our pool. That these aren't our values. That success in the world's view is not what we are about. Uh, the greed of our economics, that, that's not our economics. See, ours is not an economic of greed. Ours is an economic of generosity. Our economy is not designed to get. Our economy is designed to warehouse, <laughs> you know, to, to be a place of distribution based on a generous heart because we don't have to do all of the security gains because we have a different reference point for security. Do you follow what I'm saying? So our world is, is incredibly different than the world that we swim in. But unless we are aware of that, we'll live as though we're, we're just a good one of everybody else. And we'll just try to not be quite so greedy and a little bit nicer and, 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 and not so quite so immoral and, 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 and really try not to lie and don't steal too much and, and we'll be okay. But Christianity is just not an improvement of the social ethic. It's a transformation so that everything becomes new. And in this indwelling of Christ, in fact, I think the most important thing that you can do to, 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 to effectively be the presence of Jesus in your world is to cultivate, I've said this for, for 150 years, <laughs> is to cultivate the habit of living in the conscious presence of Jesus. Reminding yourself, living so that running in the background of your mind and life is the awareness of his presence. He's here. He's present with me in this moment. He's present with me. See, then you begin to live as though he's present. Now, that doesn't mean that's, that's the only time he's present. He's present always. He lives in you always. But if you're not aware of that, you begin to live as though he's not. Do you follow? Because that's the pull. And so cultivate the habit of recognizing and living in the conscious awareness of his presence. Well, that leads up to what I want to talk to you more directly about, that that. that that was good. I mean, you know, that's, that's not just the introduction. I'll get on with the big stuff. But that leads me to, to, to my, my, my purposeful focus for this morning, which has to do with what I call the power of Christ. With the incoming of the Holy Spirit, there, there are several things that become true. One is that now you are given the character 
of Jesus Christ. And that's what the fruit of the Spirit is all about. It's not the fruits of the Spirit, plural. Though I've heard that preached. The fruits of the Spirit, and you pick each one individually. And No. It's the fruit. It's the effect, the result of the Holy Spirit living in you. And this is who you are now. You are joyful. You are loving. You are peaceful. I don't care how you feel. See, we have to begin to live up into our identity. That's the fruit of the Spirit, and that's the character of Christ. And as we're going to be His presence, we must reflect His character. But also, we must have an understanding of His power and the workability of His power. And that is, is shown us in what's called the gifts of the Spirit. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where they're listed. And, and if, if I can work our, is it up there? No, I've got to push some kind of a button. Oh, here, here. No, I got it. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Wow, that's good for an old man, I'll tell you. Now, this list lists the power package that is given you when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about just kind of saying, oh, you know, I'm saved, I must have the Holy Spirit. No, in Scripture, there are two specific works of the Spirit in terms of this that I'm talking about. There's, first of all, the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. And that's in chapter John, or uh, book of John, where Jesus comes into a room without the door opening and without the window. He, he, that's a dimensional thing. Suddenly he's in the room, and at the end of that conversation, it says, and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You remember that verse? Well, that breathing, that, that gives us the clue because way back in Genesis, when man was formed, God breathed into man the breath of life, and he became a living being, person. Here, Jesus Christ, our creator, if you will, again now in, in this forgiven and redeemed, he breathes into them. This is the breathing of a new person. This is the regenerative work. How do I know that? Because those very same people were present on the day of, of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell. It wasn't a, a different crowd. These, this is the crowd that was there when the Spirit came. So these are two different works of the Spirit. One is for the purpose of regeneration. The day of Pentecost is for the purpose of communication. The first thing that they did when the Holy Spirit was resident in them and they understood, they began to speak, communicate in languages that they had never learned. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is, 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 is you know, 
speaking in tongues is a part of that, and we're going to talk about that. Basically, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit so that we have gifted communication, not just speaking, but so we are a communication of the presence of Jesus Christ. Are you following me? Are we okay so far? Is this interesting to you? I've heard most of it before, and it's pretty good. Though some of it I haven't heard. It always surprises me, too. Okay. In order for that communication, this living communication of the presence of God, we have to have His character. We have to be His kind of person. And we also have to have His power. His ability, I don't, I don't mean boom, boom, I mean His ability to function in a fallen world. And, and that's what this list is all about. And again, let me say to you, as with the fruit of the Spirit, the, the, these abilities are yours because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, these things reside in you. Now, that's where we vary from other theologies. We do not believe that one person has one gift and another person has another gift and another person has another gift because that hangs you out to dry when the person that you're talking to needs a, a, a word <laughs> of wisdom. They need some insight into their situation. But you had the gift of healing, so you can't help them out. You got to call or text the guy with the gift of healing and get him over there quick so he can handle this situation. Excuse me, that's not what this is all about. That makes no sense when you think it through. None. The gifts of the Spirit are not given for the church to work on, you know, meet in little groups and work the gifts on each other. That's not what that's all about. This is the means of communication outside in the world. Now, of course, it functions wherever we are. It'll function within the life of the Christian community, of course. But that's, it's not confined to, here. Oh, I've got to get to church, and then I'm going to get a little word of the Lord. Excuse me. Don't run around looking for words from the Lord. He knows your name and address. He's got something to say. He can say it. That isn't to say at times someone can't encourage you with the statement. But I get so tired of Christians running after a word and running after a sign and running after something else. Stop it. Don't do that. The Scripture does not say believers will follow signs. It says signs will follow believers. Get, get the horse and the cart in the right order. <laughs> the signs are behind you. They're where you have been. <laughs> They're not where you're going. Boy, I'm glad I said that. <laughs> hey, I'm out of here in a few minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> but you have the capacity when there needs to be 
the communication of wisdom, something beyond the natural capacity to logically, you know, this situation needs something more than I can logically handle. You have that. These are gifts, not for you to hoard. You give them away. These are things you give away to people. You give them knowledge, facts, information. When, when, when the situation that you're in needs information that you just don't have, that, that information is available to you in terms of ministry. This is not just so you can run around know it all. This is within the context of a of communicating the presence of Christ in a conversation, in a setting, in whatever, where that is needed. You have that. You can give that away. When you meet somebody that's confused, that's blocked, you, you, you can speak to them in a way that will, that, that, that will open up an understanding for them that will help ease that confusion. That's why you're there. If you're meeting somebody that's confused, that's not accidental. That's on purpose. See, you, you're equipped for that. Faith. Have you ever met somebody that just said, I just, I just can't go on. I've believed all I can believe. I, I'm just exhausted. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't. What do they need? They don't, they don't need you to preach them a little sermon or hand them a DVD or, you know, whatever. They need some faith. They need faith. Well, that just happens to be in your bag. You can give them faith. Now, what if I'm telling you the truth? What if... What if this is really the way it is? This is really the way it is. Healing. You don't have to call for the healing evangelist. Thank God for them. Many people are healed. But, but you don't have to line up and, and, and knock people down. You. You are, you are given a gift that not only has handled physical healing, but emotional healing, brokenheartedness. We live in a world that desperately needs healing at every level. <laughs> Jesus was the healer, and the spirit of Jesus Christ in you is still a healer. So you don't have to text for the expert. Miraculous powers, prophecy, insight, something that God himself wants to communicate. Prophets, interestingly, see and hear and speak from God's perspective. So this ability allows you in that ministry moment to see and hear and speak from God's perspective. Sometimes that's what you need exactly. Yours. Distinguishing between spirits. That has to do with reading emotions and reading motivations. It sometimes has been applied 
uh, to, to distinguishing evil spirits. You don't have to have a gift to distinguish an evil spirit. If somebody's demon was that, you don't need a gift to figure that out. This has to do with motivation. What's motivating this? What's underneath all of this? People will tell you all the symptoms of their, of their, their life, but what's, what's, what's underneath this? Sometimes the Holy Spirit wants you to, to speak to the, the motivation rather than to the symptom. See, that's very important. Speaking in different kinds of tongues. What does that mean? Hopping up on the counter at Safeway and giving a message in tongues and interpretation and startling everybody? Goodness sake. This has to do with the divine ability to transcend linguistic barriers. Now, that doesn't mean you can supernaturally learn a language, though I have known of people who have suddenly had the language. That's rare, and don't hang around waiting until it happens to you. But let, 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 me, give you two, let me give you two examples of this and the interpretation of tongues, because sometimes we confuse this with, with the, the specific... A gift of speaking tongues that accompanies the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm just, I'll, I'll talk about that. But this this has to do with with you with transcending linguistic barriers. My cousin, who used to pastor a neighborhood church right here in Bellevue, years ago, hundred years ago, was visiting. He, he one of his first pastors was in Cutbank, Montana. God forbid. And, and it, it's a terrible place. But he pastored there. And he was visiting in the hospital, uh, someone from their little congregation that was sick. And it, that was when they had the curtains that they pulled between the beds, you know. And, and, and so he went in and he was praying and, and, and just, just uh, was, was just speaking quietly in tongues, praying in, in, in the Spirit, thinking that's all he was doing is praying in the Spirit. And he turned to leave, pulled the curtain back, and the lady in this bed said, come here. So he went over, and he said, yes. She said, where did you learn to speak Swedish? He said, excuse me. I, 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 don't, I don't know any. She said, and she was crying. She said, you've just explained to me how to become a child of God. And you did it in my native tongue. And he led her to Christ in that bed. Wow. I wouldn't believe that if I didn't know the guy. But I believe it, and I know he's telling me the truth. That's amazing. And there are many other, other examples of that that I could give you. Now, the interpretation of tongue. This is a very interesting thing. I was in New Guinea some years ago, many years ago. Seems like everything I did was many years ago. <laughs> and, and, and I was in, in Medang, and I was speaking to a, a gathering of native pastors that, and their wives. And there were, I, I don't know how many, a, a lot. They came from all of the highlands and, and had come down, and they were gathered here for this gathering. And the men sat on rather hard benches at the front of this little building. 
and the ladies sat on blankets in the back with the kids. So you have the men up here and the women back there. And, and they're very intense people. The New Guinea people, I, I, I fell in, in absolutely in love with them. But they're, they're, at first, they're frightening. And that, that was back in the early days. In fact, cannibalism had been outlawed only five years previous to my going there. And, and I, uh, I didn't trust the, the, the authorities that were enforcing the law because the enforcers were former cannibals themselves. And so, you know, I, I wasn't afraid of being eaten, but it crossed my mind a couple times. <laughs> and I was speaking, and, and the men on, on, on the front rows, they, they, started, they started leaning towards me like this. And they got this, and, and here they come. I mean, <laughs> whoa. And it was di very disconcerting. And they were leaning forward, and then periodically they would touch their nose. I thought, oh, oh, my, my, my. They're thinking how good I'm going to smell in the pot. <laughs> Touch their nose. And finally, it, 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 it was so disconcerting, I just stopped. And I said to, to, to the missionary who was interpreting, I said, they're coming to get me. <laughs> and he laughed. He said, what do you mean? I said, don't you know Oh, 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 oh. He said, they do that when they're really interested in what you're saying. They lean. They lean towards you, come at you. I said, okay, I, I, that, that I can get. What's this? I don't understand this. He said, oh, when they do that, that means you're right on. And twice there was a stir in the back because he would bring the interpretation of what I was saying, and there would be a stir amongst the ladies, and it happened twice. And finally, he stopped, and he said, I've got I've to see what's going on, because they are correcting my interpretation. In other words, I would speak, he would speak, and they would correct him in his interpretation of what I'd said. And they were right. We found out, and this is amazing, we found out that they were hearing me speak in their own language. And they were correcting him, and they couldn't understand why both of us were trying to say the same thing. Which explained that, that they would come up to me and talk to me and wonder why I wouldn't speak back to them. I don't know why that happened, but it was an unusual and arresting work of the Spirit. And, and, and it helped us, and we worked with that. It helped us understand the capability of communication that the Holy Spirit has. Now, I'm not saying that you can go into any foreign situation and start blabbing and think you're speaking the language. No, I'm not saying that. I am saying that if what God asks you to do should demand a translingual experience, that's possible in the Holy Spirit. And we have neither taught this nor believed this. So we have not experienced it. Now, I don't know where you're going to go with that. I hope you don't go down and find somebody that doesn't speak English and start rattling off to them. Don't do that. But we need to understand 
the remarkable capacities of the Holy Spirit. Now, so I've got it. How do I do this? Great. Give them faith. How in the world can I give them faith? I don't know. What's the mechanics of this thing? Okay. Now, I'm going to hit this thing again. Oh, boy. Oh, that's good. Now, this we read last week together, if you were here. If you weren't here, we still read it last week. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were seated. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, see the yellow part up there? That means you read it out loud with me. Okay, don't mutter. Okay, read it. Okay, you ready? I got to turn around because I can't read that little print. Are you ready? They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit What's that again? Did what? The Spirit did what? Uh-huh. Once more. All right. One of the translations that more graphically illustrates this word to us is the word prompt. As the Holy Spirit prompted them. You know what a prompter is? Way back in the dark ages, before they had teleprompters, they had people prompters that would sit off the stage. And when the person didn't know their lines or forgot or had stage fright, the prompter would feed them the lines. I have a, a friend who was a, uh, an actress on Broadway for many, many years, and, and we were talking about this, and she told me about their prompter that traveled with their troop and, and was always with them on Broadway whenever they, he's, he's the guy. And, and she said, it'll happen to everyone who does this professionally. At some point, though you've done this thing for 15, 20 nights straight, there'll come a point where you are up there and you have forgotten everything. You not only don't know your line, you don't even know where you are. I mean, you just suddenly drop into coma. And, and, and the prompter had instructed them, when that happens to you, all you need to do is, number one, keep talking, and number two, say what you hear. If you'll keep talking, I will get the words to you in time for you to say them. And she said he could literally lead them through a whole section of that production without missing a lick. And they could do it with expression. The prompter, he gave them the words, and they said what they heard. Are you, are, you, are you checking in on what I'm saying here? Now, those of you that are struggling with this matter of speaking with tongues, and there is a gift of speaking in tongues that is designed for you, and I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. There are several reasons, but I'm going to focus on one reason. And, and, and that ability accompanies this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, our... 
we simply say this is an inevitable gift. It comes with the package. We're not particular about when in the sequence of events that takes place. It's just part of it. If you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive this. Like buying a pair of shoes. You get a pair of shoes, the tongues come in them. Okay? So, so don't buy the shoes, but cut the tongues out. Because we, we have so focused on this speaking in tongues, it's become grotesque. As though we're trying for the gift of speaking. You're trying, you're, 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 you're available to the indwelling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of communication. Part of that gift is this linguistic miracle. A language accompanies this gift. Now, God is the one, who, he, He's the source of all, all language. Linguistics are not an issue for God. And, and, and he, he, can, he can design linguistically, hello, this is within his, his, his scope. And, and, and so he has designed that with this gift, there would be a language of communication that is unique between you and him. Now, that doesn't sound unreasonable to me. And I'll, I'll show you why. I'm asked often, why should you speak in tongues? Well, several reasons. We're embarrassed by it. We're afraid to talk about it in public. You know, it's spooky and hide it down in the basement someplace. It's not spooky. You don't have to hide it. It's not strange. Let me give you an example of prompting. If I can get down to you. Do you speak Greek? I do not. Any? I don't think Alpha Beta, Kappa. <laughs> it's a I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about fraternities. <laughs> All right, well, I'm glad that you don't. Okay. Now, I want you to say exactly what I tell you to say. Okay. Will you do that? I think so. Okay. NRK? NRK? Enhalogos. I thought you told me you didn't speak Greek. I, I'm a good teacher. Now you can speak Greek? No. How did you do that? I heard it. From? You. And? I said it. Wow. Did, did, did you get any chills up and down your spine? <laughs> no. You no, didn't? No, Jerry. No, no. no. Did you shake or <laughs> no, sweat? I, I can with that help. Yeah, well, you just said in relatively good Greek, in the beginning was the word. Say la, la, la. La, la, la. Yeah, well, you're not speaking in tongue. I'm just saying. See, if you hear it, you can say it. Right. You get it? That's what prompting is. You hear it and you say it. It, it, it's no big deal. You don't have to fall down and shake. You don't have to bark like a dog. You don't have to do anything. You hear it and you say it. 
And I've talked to people. I just can't speak in tongues. Well, did you ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Or did you ask to have a gift of tongues? Well, ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, just promise me this. That whenever sounds or words, whether you understand them or not, come to your mind, that you'll say them. Well, I'll just be making it up. Well, you do, do, do you do a lot of that? Do you run around making up sounds all the time and just kind of thinking gibberish in your mind? I mean, is that, is that pretty common for you? <laughs> I doubt it. Plus, Jesus says, if you ask me for the Holy Spirit, you can't get a counterfeit. If you ask me for the Holy Spirit, you'll not get a rock, you'll not get a stick, and you won't get a snake. You will receive the Holy Spirit. So when you ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, when you ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, you can't at from that point on, you can't get a counterfeit. You can't make it up. If you try to, the Spirit will stop you. Now, this is important, what I'm saying. How do I know it's not from the devil? Well, did you ask the devil for it? <laughs> no. Well, who did you ask for? I asked Jesus. But the devil's stronger than Jesus, so he just took over. And Are you crazy? And why would the devil want you to speak in tongues anyway? He doesn't. Gibberish, nonsense, foolish, oh, pagans. But pagans don't do it being prompted by the Holy Spirit. It's the source of your prompting. Now, what are you doing when you speak in tongues? Because Paul said, I speak in tongues more than anybody. Well, Paul, my goodness sake, you certainly have outgrown that. But he had. When I'm speaking in this language that God has designed for me, what I'm doing is hearing what he's saying, and I'm saying it. I'm hearing it, and I'm saying it. That's how, you, that's how all speaking takes place. Hear it, speak it. Everything I'm saying to you, I'm hearing first and saying it. Fluency is when that process is, is, is seamless. You with me? All right. Now, this that I'm talking to you about, this hearing and speaking, the very same way you exercise this godly language that he has gifted you with, every time you're doing that, you are reinforcing a pattern of hearing and speaking, hearing and speaking, hearing and speaking. You are becoming more and more uh, uh, adept at recognizing his voice clearly and instantly, hearing and speaking. And that M.O., that process is exactly how everything on this list that I gave you operates. Exactly. When I'm in a conversation with somebody, 
becomes clear it's, a, it, 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 it's, it's some kind of a ministry. So it, we're talking together, and it becomes clear that this person really, really does need some, some clarity in terms of the facts of his life. He needs some knowledge here. And I don't have to stop and say, Brother, I'm going to give a word of knowledge from God. What would you? You turn around and run if you're smart. I mean, that's crazy. But, but I become aware, and at the same time I become aware, I start to speak. And it's there. It, 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 it's, it's there. I've had people come up to me, and you probably do too, and they say, you remember, you remember when we talked out in the parking lot that time? I don't remember them or the parking lot. Well, I said, oh, okay. Uh, they said, what you said to me changed my life completely. Wow. It did. Yeah. Well, what did I say? And they tell me what I said Whew. changed my life. <laughs> Where did that come from? It was prompted. And sometimes you're aware of it and sometimes you're not, but it's prompted by the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to get across to you, and I'm going to quit now because we've got to do, you know, you've got other stuff that you need to do. What I'm wanting you to understand is that you are fully equipped to be the faithful presence of Jesus in your world and to faithfully communicate that presence through a naturalness of your life as you go about your life. Do you understand? I was in Safeway. I said to the little checker girl, hope you're having a good day. She teared up. Tears came to her eyes. She said, oh, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, this isn't a very good day for me. There are people in line behind me. This is not the time to take an hour's counseling session. So I did what you would do. I jumped up on the counter, gave a message in tongues, touched her head, and knocked her down. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just said what came to me to say. And do you know what it was? I'm so sorry. I've had some of those days myself. I'll remember you and I'll remember this conversation. Would you mind if when I remembered I said, I said a prayer for you? Oh, she said that would be wonderful. That was my assignment that day. I didn't walk away guilty because I hadn't had her say a particular prayer that you, that you know. That was my assignment, to say to her, I will remember you and I will pray for you. See how unspectacular it is? It's not stuff you write books about. It's you in your everyday life being the presence of Jesus. Well, I've got to shut up. I keep going and the clock keeps going. Stand with me. I want to have prayer with you. And then we're going to have communion. And at the end, if you want a continuation of the prayer that I'm going to have with you, 
in the, in the back, uh, on, on this side of, of the auditorium, there, there are people that know how to pray. They're not going to do anything stupid, okay? They're, they're sane, sensible people, and you can trust them, and you can go to them, and you can, you can ask for prayer, and they, they will respond in a loving and, and, and in a safe way. I guess we're going to have communion, too. And I, I just want to say to you this morning, and, and we'll be seated in a minute. You don't have to stand for the whole time, but, but just for right now. If you're here and, and you need the redemptive work of the Holy Spirit, that, that, that for whatever reason, I don't know, haven't been born again and 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 you're, you're struggling with with the whole sin thing forgiveness thing you just just you just need to be born again you need to open your life to Jesus Christ please don't refuse to take the communion take it take it in your hand and, and, and as we take the elements, please, where you're standing, just before you take it, just quietly where you are, it doesn't need a ceremony. It doesn't need any. It just needs you to say, Lord Jesus Christ, I give my life to you. However you want to praise it, Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. However you can say those things, just do it quietly where you are. And as evidence, if you will, of not only your sincerity, but of his provision, because we drink this in remembrance of him, of what he has done, redemption is yours. Please, open your life to Jesus Christ. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that doesn't make you a second-class citizen, but there is available to you a, a, a more empowering communication of His presence through His Spirit. And, and, and if you've struggled with this, if you, you know what, I don't care. Just, just in this moment, ask Jesus, Jesus, baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Baptize me in your Holy Spirit. And then begin to listen and begin to watch. And you'll find that new sensitivity is yours. You'll find a, 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 an ability is yours in, 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 in a new language. I mean, all of this stuff I've been talking. And it's not something you just have to take it by faith. Oh, man, I hope it's there. You, you don't, oh, man, I hope I'm saved. I hope that's not where you are. There's some evidence that you've been saved. There'll be evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit as well. See, this is not rocket science. So make that prayer. Include it in your communion. And when we're done, if you'd like further prayer, further understanding, go back and spend a few minutes let some people pray for you. We'd love to do that. Jesse, come and help us with our communion, would you please? Yeah, you can be seated, I think.
Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, what a gift. Just alone in the... Believers don't follow signs, but signs follow believers. I can't tell... It took me a decade to figure that one out because I'd go from place to place, and this power was, was mystical to me. It was far away, and I didn't realize it was actually simpler than I thought, that it was right there. Um, and we were made to gift. The Holy Spirit gives us something to give away. And when we ask with that attitude, it's amazing what changes because we aren't sinking just for ourselves anymore, but something greater than that to give away. So if you would, just in this attitude of prayer, take the bread, and uh, it's underneath the juice in those two cups. Jesus, thank you for your life and your body broken for us. And today we remember if you would just break that. And Lord, that represents our broken lives. And that we need you just as much now as ever. And Lord, we're dependent on you just as much now as ever. If you would take that now. as we drink the juice in remembrance of your blood spilled. Thank you for the resurrection, for the new life. Lord, as Jerry said, for the evidence that we see in that new life as we all die with you, but we're all made new in you. You said the old is gone, the new is come. Or that you literally make a new creation within us and that you empower us with your Holy Spirit. So today, Lord, in remembrance of all of that and proclamation of the hope we have in you, we drink. Thank you, Lord. And again, there's a prayer in the back, and if you have any questions, feel free to ask us about any of that after the service. This Sunday is the first Sunday in month, which means it's a first fruit Sunday for us. And so as the ushers uh, come forward, thank you guys. Remind you that we have these pledge cards in your packets. And this isn't a way for us to check up on you and say, um, you know, are you doing this or that? No, this is just for you to fill out and keep for yourself. And it's some things that you might be believing the Lord for financially, personally. And something for you to fill out and keep and sign as a reminder. We also have our prayer apps. Um, that you've heard Kurt talk about throughout this year. And if you have any testimonies from those, we'd love to hear. Um, we'd love to hear how those are impacting your life um, and what you might be learning through them. So, Father, thank you that we can give. And Holy Spirit, not just financially, as we have a moment to do that right now, that we can give back out of. But Lord, you call us to something beyond that. And thank you that it's more than just our money. But, Lord, we're a steward of everything you give us. And money symbolizes that just the same way. That through your spirit you give to us and then we give out of that. Lord, it's the same basic principle, the same basic attitude. So, Father, whatever our needs, thank you that you're there in them. If they're financial, Lord, if they're spiritual, emotional. And Lord, thank you that you've placed us in a body where we give out of all those to each other. In faith, trusting in you. 
So as we take an offering as a sign of worship and an act of that, Lord, be with us in all those ways. And as we sing, we pray this in your name. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing?
Father, thank you for the promise of your presence. And it really is that, Lord. It really is a promise. And so, Lord, we can trust it. And it's not based on emotion, whether or not we feel it. But, Father, thank you also that we can feel it. Father, you made us emotional people, and you're the center of that as well. So I've asked Jerry to come back up, actually, and we're going to have a time uh, that he's going to lead us through. But to be conscious of time, I'll officially dismiss us for anyone that would need to go. There are books for sale out there if you'd like to pick them up. There's also an Applebee's fundraiser that I want to tell you about. But um, I felt like there might be something important that the Lord would have for us here. So, Jerry, if you would come back up and lead us in this time. Just as we go, could, I, I, I'd like to just give uh, an opportunity to some of you. Would you just bow your heads? And it's not that now we're going to do something spiritual. I just want to guarantee some privacy to folks. And and uh, what's going to go on now is not everybody's business, but it's theirs. And, and let, let me ask, if, if you responded to, to the prayer to open your life uh, to Jesus Christ, I just want you to look up at me, and if it doesn't look like I see you, uh, just just wave your hand because I, I I'd like to, I, I, it's important sometimes to witness to the fact that that we have asked our life to be open to Christ, and 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 if you if just just look up, that's why I want everybody's head bowed so I can see the ones that look up at me. Uh, just 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 look up and catch my attention. Are you looking up at me? All right. You. to single you out, but I just want to especially pray for you. You looking up at me? Okay. Wow. And you, yes, my dear. What an important prayer. What an important prayer. You looking at me? these have opened their life to you, I thank you that you are cleansing, you are redeeming, you are forgiving, you are giving them new life. And that will be evidenced in their thinking, in their habits, in, in all these ways. As those things are are tampered with by your spirit. May they remember Jesus was in me. Oh, thank you. We just rejoice. We just rejoice with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful group of people. Those of you that, that, that prayed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, would you just lift your hand so I know that you've prayed that prayer and, and I want you to go on with it, okay? Uh, yeah, okay. Catch me. All right. Okay. All right. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to watch for evidence of his presence. Will you promise me that if he prompts you with something, you'll say it? Whether it's in your own language or somebody else? You okay with that? 
Christ. And, and, and because he will evidence his presence for you. Did you ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit? Okay? Then he's the one that does it. And I encourage you. Isn't that wonderful? The people have asked to be born again. They've asked to be baptized with his Spirit. And that just all happened kind of here, quietly amongst us. Pray a prayer of dismissal with me. I encourage those of you that have responded to just take a moment with the prayer team if you'd like to and, and just know they're available to you. They'd love to, to be with you. Are there any materials for, for people that have newly opened their life for Christ? Do we have a packet or anything that they can take with them? There is one? Okay. There's something available that will help you, you know, in your walk. Just just connect with Jesse or, or with the prayer team. They would know. Jesus, what a great morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for those new brothers and sisters in Christ that, that, that have new life now. Oh, I thank you for that. For those that are being filled with your Holy Spirit and baptized with your Holy Spirit and the evidence that will be theirs. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you this day, and we will walk in the awareness of your presence. In Christ's name, amen.